I'm Liza Cordero from CNA Education, your host for STEMWire. Thanks for listening in. Joining us today is Dr. Daniel Leeds, a research analyst in the Education Division. A great deal of his research has focused on student responses to education policy, such as financial aid, guaranteed college admission, and state accountability labeling. Also joining us is Dr. Lou Young, a principal research scientist at CNA Education. Lou has decades of expertise in state assessment and accountability practices, professional learning, program evaluation and resource allocation, and education leadership. They're here to talk about our Money Talks project. CNA Education looked to solve challenges in S's financial reporting requirements. Thank you, Lou, Daniel, for joining us today. So let me start off with you, Daniel. The very first question, what was the catalyst for this research? Well, whenever you have a new policy on the scale of ESSA, something affecting the entire elementary and secondary education organization, you really have kind of a goldmine for policy researchers. Our initial thought when we were looking at this was how do we look at how states are going to comply with financial reporting requirements? How are they actually reporting the spending that's taking place? The challenge we ran into is that most states already have something in place for this, and the current administration is not actually going to be strongly enforcing some of these reporting requirements. So states that don't have a system in place don't really have much of an incentive to get one together. So what we decided to do is look at how individual districts and schools are reporting their financial information. So take us through what types of accounts you're looking at and why did you choose these types of accounts? We decided to start with the 2016 Baltimore City Public Schools financial report. We decided on Baltimore because as a large urban school district, it is really likely to have a public financial report that we can really dig into like this. Baltimore, because it's right near where we are at CNA, and seems like a good potential partner down the line if things can really get off the ground. We decided to look at information on their general fund, which is just the giant pool of money that can go towards whatever resources they choose to spend on, and special projects, which is money that has to go towards a specific documented use. Is it difficult to pull this type of data? That's the first part of this question. Well, the data that we're looking at were pretty simple. Uh, you do a Google search for 2016 Baltimore City Public Schools financial report, and it's right there. So then what were the roadblocks? And I know you're focusing right now on Baltimore, and that's what we're discussing. But the concept here would be to look at lots of different school systems or even state school systems. So w what are those roadblocks? Well, there are a few things. First of all, uh, some districts and some schools may not be reporting this data in the first place. So if that data is not out there, I can't go and find it. The other thing is that the data that I'm working with in this financial report isn't specific enough for a true answer for what ESSA wants people to report. So 
if I look at just the general fund, then that's reporting a lot less per student spending than S is asking about. On the other hand, if I do look at the special projects, that's reporting on a lot of things like Title I spending that ESSA isn't as concerned about. So really what I've been doing is trying to come up with two sets of values, one that's going to be a little low, one that's going to be a little high, and we know that the truth has to be somewhere in between the two of those. I'm in a school system. Uh And why should I even care about this data? Obviously, the feds have come in and said they're not going to be as stringent related to ESSA in this type of reporting. Why should I care then? Why would I want to have this info? Well, purely on a uh, practical basis for administrators, even though it's not required now, eventually someone is going to enforce it whether it's this administration or a future one, and you want to make sure that you're in a good position to comply once this thing does have teeth. However, there's a more basic reason why schools and districts need to think about this, which all boils down to fairness. Are there major differences in the funding that's going to different districts or different schools. This is the sort of thing that's really easy to get lost in the shuffle. Um, One thing that ESSA is concerned about that we really need to, I think, think more about in general is, are there major differences in the source of funding? If you're getting a lot of your funding from the federal government, then a lot of that funding has to go towards specific types of spending has to go to specific things. So if I'm getting $1,000 and you're getting $1,000, but there are real restrictions on how you can spend that $1,000 that I'm not facing, then just that number doesn't necessarily mean as much. And Liza, I think um, you would be surprised, frankly, at how many folks really do want to know this kind of information. And while Daniel described a process that for him seemed fairly simple, um, the public writ large doesn't actually um, have many opportunities to really see these kind of financial details for their schools and school districts. So what I appreciate so much about what Daniel and his team have done here is that they have in fact lifted the veil uh, and demystified this information for the general public. This kind of a tool um, with this level of simplicity in its data visualization is really what the public is after. When the general public hears folks talk in the term in in the area of $1.12 billion in Baltimore, for example, that automatically is disconcerting to a lot of people because of the complexity of these kinds of budgets. But if you look at the second page of the visualization, two-pager, you see so much information right at your fingertips. Um, So Daniel has shown that in Baltimore, for example, if you think of that a slice of a 100% pie, federal, state, and local funding, the proportions are right there. Folks might be astonished to see the low percentage of federal funding um, that makes up the entirety of the Baltimore City Public Schools budget pie, for example. Again, how surprising is that to see $301 local, 
1050 state, yet only $12 federal. So just making um, this information transparent and readily accessible by the general public, I think, is laudable. And um, I'm really, really was so excited when I saw the work, and I know that school districts, superintendents, school boards will find this kind of a tool and model to be extremely helpful. And that's good to know because you are coming from the perspective of a former county superintendent. And for our listeners um, out there, the document that Lou referred to will be up on our website so you can see exactly what she is describing. Daniel, you wanted to add something while Lou was, uh, was speaking? Uh, yes, just that the document that's going to be up on our website is looking specifically at general funds. Uh, a lot of the special projects come from federal money. So if you look at that spending, then you do see more money coming from federal sources. But again, that's going to be kind of an overestimate of what we're looking at. Thank you. So I'm going to turn back to you, Lou. And again, I say that you're a former county superintendent in Kentucky. So what sorts of county-wide decisions could you make if you had this type of information in front of you when you were a county superintendent? Just having access to the um, the ratios and the proportionalities that Daniel has visualized for us is super helpful. We do an annual um, tax levy in Kentucky where we call a hearing and have the folks from the general public come in to talk to us about um, our financial needs moving forward as school districts. And it's incumbent on the school superintendent and school board to be able to make a case and to justify their requests in terms of tax increases. And so being able to speak from a platform of being well-informed and um, having this information available so that you're not... um, masking the information or trying to hide anything in the process I think is super helpful. And um, I can see school superintendents using this pretty readily at um, civic meetings, um, Rotary, Lions Clubs, Chamber of Commerce, those kinds of things to begin to um, better articulate and model for them the kinds of information in in terms of revenues that the school district is working with all the revenues and expenditures that the school district is laboring with all the time. So, Lou, I know that you've transitioned a great deal of your work to the national level, um, to other levels of the education community. Do you see a gap in this type of information or even a gap in communicating this type of information? I think that there are um, school districts that are better at this than others, frankly, Liza, and um, I think it's simply because of a lack of tools or um, human and other resources that school districts apply to this kind of communication tool. And so having a model like this one that would be um, available and easily scaled across the nation is super helpful in that regard. And I think it's not because folks don't want to put the information out there, but a lot of times our finance folks just don't think in terms of the communications aspects. So seeing these visuals really brings that to light. And I know that there's a lot of national conversation about Daniel's first point, which is we want to really get our minds around equitable resource allocation. 
at the school and district level. Um, are we in fact supporting the students with the greatest needs with differentiated financial support? And um, kind of at a glance, we can begin to see this um, with this kind of a visualization tool and document. I want to bring you to an area I think everyone feels is important is who suffers in this? Is it the students? And I know we're talking financial data, so sometimes people have a distaste for that or they just don't care. But ultimately, would it be the students that are that are suffering when county systems and state systems don't truly understand their own numbers? Yeah, theoretically, that's um, always a possibility. I think that superintendents and school district teams are getting much savvier about a focus on academic return on investment, but um, we are also often victims of information overload. We might, we might have so much information, frankly, that we can't call out the data that we need to make the most important decision. So finding a, a way to rely on these kinds of tools to get at the heart of the issue and being able to um, share it in such a way that the concern is illuminated by the visuals, I think makes that job much more doable, more manageable on the part of school district leaders. Thank you. Now, I'm going to transition back to you, Daniel. So what's next? I mean, we hear about what the cause and the effect could be. Um, What's next for us at CNA Education? What what are our hopes and expectations? Well, uh, not to go to PBS right now, Mm -hmm. but we do need funding to pursue additional work in this area. Uh, We'd love to partner with a state, with state or nationwide consortia, or with anyone else who could really use this information. Um, One thing that I think would be really valuable would be reproducing these kinds of infographics and coming up with this kind of data for a wide variety of different school districts, because then you really can get into issues of equitable spending. Are the districts that really need additional funding getting it? Are there disparities by poverty level, by race or ethnicity, by other factors? I think that it's really important to start to look at some of those things. Um, As far as things that we could produce, we can create a lot of different infographics like the one that will be on our website, either at the school level or at district levels. Um, We would be able to produce both hard copy versions and interactive versions. And we could produce some sort of comparison infographic that shows variation in funding across different schools. So we could allow a district to see how each individual school breaks down. We could create something for a state that shows breakdowns by district. And we could get into some of those different uh, subcategories, looking at uh, differential spending by race, by poverty status, that I think could really illuminate a lot of potential issues and hopefully solutions. So it sounds like we need to revisit this topic in about six months. But for now, thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Lou, for joining us for this episode of STEMWire Live. And for all of the listeners, please visit us at cna.org.